I am here with Boris Malagurski, documentary filmmaker, director, writer, all around impressive individual, one of our best guests to have on the Duran. And we will be doing a live stream with Boris when he gets back from his, uh, his tour promoting his new film. And that is what we are going to talk about his new documentary called Sperska, The Struggle for Freedom. And I believe, Boris, you have already been promoting the uh, the film, but you're going to now do, is this, this is going to be the second leg of the promotion, correct? Well, we've had a, a, a bunch of legs, so to say. Or it's been uh, quite a whirlwind experience. And uh, first of all, allow me to thank you for calling me on the show again. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I would like to say hi to everybody watching and uh, and say that, you know, this film, Serbska, The Struggle for Freedom, has really experienced a lot in the past couple of months when we talked about the film and, uh, you know, we were planning the film tour. We had no idea what kind of experiences we were going to have. This literally exploded in ways that we couldn't have imagined. I mean, I was expecting a bit of controversy. Most of my films have gone through, you know, this controversial uh, wheel where, you know, you have a lot of groups attacking the film and, uh, uh, and then coming to screenings and voicing their dissent <laughs> towards the thesis that is presented in the film. But what we've experienced with this film goes beyond anything that, that has happened so far. So about one week before we were set to premiere the film in Western Europe, uh, several uh, Bosniak or Bosnian Muslims, as they used to be called, groups um, started attacking the film and calling on their uh, members throughout the diaspora to write emails, call venues and cinemas where the film was supposed to be screened, basically demanding that the film should be shown. And the reason they had was made up. They haven't seen the film, so they couldn't comment on the, on the content of it because they, they haven't you know, seen it. So they just made stuff up. And what happened was cinemas were calling up and saying, look, we've been getting a lot of emails and calls, what's going on? And they've actually had the chance to see the film in advance. And they saw the film, they found nothing you know, nothing what they were writing, what these groups were writing was in line with what the film actually contained. It didn't promote any kind of hatred. It didn't promote any kind of violence. It didn't deny any violent event or anything that they were uh, claiming in their uh, emails and calls and everything. They were saying that this is a racist film, that it shouldn't be screened. And we had one cinema owner or manager, I, I forget, in... Um, in Lausanne in Switzerland saying, well, I've seen the film, you know, which part is exactly racist? And the guy on the other line said, well, I don't know. I haven't seen it. So it's, it's just absolutely spectacular. And so we were expecting these types of uh, uh, attacks, not on this scale, but we were expecting what we didn't expect was that cinemas and mass would start canceling screenings based on absolutely nothing. So most of these cinemas told us that there's nothing wrong with the content of the film, but due to political and financial reasons, they had to cancel. What happened was a lot of them were getting threats. We've had one man in Switzerland uh, threatening to burn down every cinema that dares screen this film 
And the level at which he was so, you know, confident in himself uh, is best seen by the fact that he signed his first and last name with his address and phone number in the email that he sent threatening to burn down every cinema. And what happened was the police actually reported it to the police. Obviously, the police called him and uh, and they asked him, like, did you write this email? And, and he said, yes, I did. And he said, were, were you serious about it? No, I wasn't. End of story. So it wasn't even, like, prosecuted or it wasn't, you know, a big deal for the police forces that we were getting basically terrorist threats for screening a film that doesn't attack anybody. I have to uh, emphasize that, you know, the film was made with the blessing of the Serbian Patriarch Porfiria, which is a very important thing because our film team is very spiritual and the Patriarch would never bless a film that promotes any kind of violence or hatred or anything. You know, it, you know, the film itself promotes peace. It promotes, you know, healthy values. It doesn't even attack the Bosnia community, which um, uh, reacted severely regarding this film. So it doesn't even go against them, but they decide to go against the film anyways. And we've had several cinemas, as I said, canceling screenings. Uh, it wasn't just the Bosnia community. This is where it gets really, really strange. We've had politicians in Germany and Austria that have nothing to do with the Bosnia community calling up cinemas, putting pressure on venues not to screen the film. The Green Party in Germany was the most involved in canceling the screening in Dortmund and in other cities. The Green Party in Austria also um, sent emails. We, we have all this. We have all the transcripts of everything they sent, putting pressure on venues not to screen the film. They, the Green Party in, um, in Graz, in, uh, in Austria, uh, sent an email to the, event, the organizer, a cultural center in Graz that was, you know, really strong in, in, um, in trying to show this film. And they showed me the email, and it was absolute, you know, lunacy, the things that they were writing. Uh, and uh, and at some point, you know, uh, when, when they were confronted with the facts that none of what they're saying is true, they said, well, you know, to preserve, you know, the, the sort of peace uh, among these divided groups, because it's obviously a polarizing film, let's just not screen it. And this goes against freedom of speech, against every value that the West always claims to promote everywhere in the world. And now they're saying, well, let's not say the truth because, you know, some people don't like it. And it is, it is absolutely frightening to me that this can happen in the 21st century. Uh, as I said, if they had said, well, this is what we have an issue with in the film. This is what we believe is wrong. This is what we, you know, consider factually inaccurate. That'd be fine. Let's talk about it. You know, let's, um, mistakes can be made. I always say, maybe I make mistakes, but tell me what the mistakes are. But in this case, they, they uh, you know, didn't list any specific thing that they could find in the film. They just said it's denying genocide, it's promoting violence, it's promoting a new genocide. And it's actually, some have went that far as to say that the film itself is a new form of genocide. That the film is actually committing genocide. A documentary is committing genocide as we speak. I mean, it's, this, this is such... Such an insane thing. I, I can't find the words to say how insane this is. But after we've been through this and we had out of 25 screenings in Western Europe, after 22 were canceled, we were met with a situation where we thought, you know, maybe we're not even going to be able to screen this film anywhere. But, you know, we're Serbs. We never give up. So um, 
we basically found alternative venues. Um, some of them were Serbian cultural centers. Some of them were cinemas. Some of them were, you know, uh, we even had a, a really crazy situation in Dortmund in Germany where uh, Sinistar, a German-owned German cinema, uh, wanted to actually screen the film. The local team in Dortmund wanted to screen the film despite the threats and, and everything. They said, we'll get, you know, you guys can get security. We'll, our legal team will take care of it and it's all going to work out. It's going to be fine. We've seen the film. There's nothing wrong with the film. And then the the, the owners, the, the Sinistar like head like headquarters, whatever it's called, they made the cinema cancel the screening, and we were really worried that we're not going to be able to screen the film in Dortmund because a lot of people wanted to see it. And then we were basically saved by the Turkish community in Dortmund, which is really interesting because Bosniaks always consider Turks to be their sort of protectors and everything. The Turkish community allowed us to screen the film at their cultural center, and you know they really gave the, 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 the Germans a lesson in European values, tolerance, and freedom of speech. Uh, and I would like to use this opportunity to thank the, the Turkish community in Germany for helping us screen this film. And the Bosniaks really, the diaspora went you know, crazy after what they learned that the, that the film was screened uh, at the Turkish center. And uh, you know, there was this surreal situation where we had this one NGO in Sarajevo uh, um, attacking the Turks for for doing this, and his name is actually Murat, which is a very famous name uh, from the Battle of Kosovo. The Turkish Sultan was called Murat, and here we have Murat attacking the Turks. So it's 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 quite surreal for you know history buffs. But uh, we we've actually screened the film in Bosnia Herzegovina as well. We actually screened the film in Sarajevo, uh, where a, a Bosniak media outlet. Um, Bosnian media outlet called uh, Oslobodzenia, which means liberation. Um, they actually invited me to their uh, to their studios to watch the film, and they saw the film, and you know they had their disagreements with uh, the choices that I made. What what did I cover? What didn't I cover? But in essence, it was factually accurate, and th and they interviewed me uh, on their uh, O channel, uh, which it's called O channel. And they interviewed me, and they, you know, voiced, voiced their disagreements, which are legitimate, and I accept it, you know, except for the part where they say it's a pro-Serbian film. And when I asked them, you know, why do you think it's, uh, why do you consider it pro-Serbian? They say, well, it, it deals with only Serbs. And I said, yeah, that's the topic of the film. The topic of the film is Serbs west of the Drina River. So the film is dealing with Serbs west of the Drina River. And then they say, yeah, but there's other people living there too. I said, yeah, absolutely. But the topic of the film isn't all the people living west of the Drina River, it's Serbs living west of the Drina River. So at that point, you know, the, you know, I, I I don't really hear anything else that supports this claim. So, uh, you know, they saw the film, and what happened afterwards is the journalist Kenan Chosic, who interviewed me, a Bosniak, was getting threats from Bosniaks, from Bosniak extremists, for daring to speak to me in an interview. They actually had special uh, television shows, special you know breaking news. Uh, uh, programming in Sarajevo and in other media outlets dealing with my interview at Ochan. So this is, and, and I, I've watched, you know, a studio full of people attacking me and my film. None of them have seen the film. One of the journalists actually asked, have you seen the film? There's no need to see the film. And it's it's so surreal. It's it, it really brings us back to the times of book burning and and it is something that really f boggles the mind and frightens the soul. It is um, it is so insane because all I wanted was to hear some 
at least one bit of constructive criticism. We've had uh, journalists in Switzerland come to the premiere in St. Gallen from Tagesanzeiger, which is the largest Swiss daily newspaper. And the true journalists, uh, um, uh, I, I can't remember their names, but they, they've seen the film, they wrote articles about the film, and they were critical of the film, which is fair. You know, they considered, they thought that I should have, uh, you know, talked more about some issues. And, you know, that's a, that's a fair bit of criticism. I, I could always talk more about any issue. You know, I ha I've had, you know, complaints from Serbs who've seen the film who say that, oh, you should have mentioned this, oh, you should have mentioned that. So this is, this is fine. I, I don't mind that. This is not reason enough to ban a film uh, just because, you know, maybe you should have mentioned something else. Um, by the way, we went to Srebrenica. This was the basic, you know, uh, attack uh, and, and argument used against the films that we denied the genocide in Srebrenica. We went to Srebrenica. We filmed there. We, uh, you know, absolutely condemned the killing of Bosniaks there. We condemned all the crimes, but we condemned the crimes against Serbs as well. This is something that Western media outlets very rarely do. This is simply the fact. And these two Swiss journalists actually said, well, you, 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 screen, you, you showed images of, of uh, uh, crying and mourning Serbian mothers in this film. Why didn't you uh, show images of crying Bosniak uh, mothers in this film? I said, well, you actually could see Bosniak uh, mothers uh, in some archival footage that we put in the film from Srebrenica. So it's not like we omitted that part. But it's true. We did show Serbian uh, women and mothers uh, more in this film. Uh, but I asked her at some point, you've probably seen images of crying Bosniak mothers on Swiss media. Is that correct? And she said, yes. And I said, well, when was the last time that you saw images of crying Serbian mothers on Swiss media? And she says, well, I've never seen it. But see, that's the reason why we made a film that just simply talks about the topics that are omitted and that I'm being accused of omission, but they never see the fact that this film was needed because of their omissions. But even those two Swiss journalists who heavily attacked the film, even they said in one sentence, the historical facts that Balagursky presents in the film are accurate. This is shown by our uh, newspaper's investigation. That's a quote uh, translated from German, but it's, it's a quote. And it really goes to show that they, if they could find one bit that is untrue, one simple bit in the film that is untrue, I'm sure that this would be the major thing that they were going, that they would use against this film, but they can't find it. So what they can do is create an atmosphere of lies and deceit and hatred and threats uh, to try to block this film. And now this film is coming to the US and Canada. I can only imagine what might happen there. Wow. Quite, a, quite an incredible experience with... Uh with this film so far, but um, let's take a step back. And um, I was first introduced to, to your films through the uh, Weight of Chains series. And um, you cover some very heavy topics, uh, very difficult topics to, to cover. But uh, I was very impressed with the way you, you cover these heavy topics. I, I would summarize your, the way that you approach your films as uh, very, very detailed you like to present the facts, but you pre pre present the facts in a very humane, but also humorous way. So I, I believe you like to use humanity and humor to, to present your story. So for everyone that's watching this video, you, you mentioned a little bit about what this film is about. What 
what would you like to tell everyone that's watching this video? What should they expect to see when they go to uh, to watch the uh, struggle for freedom? What's what would you say is the is the topic is the goal of this uh, film? Well, I think the main goal of this film is to inspire people to fight for freedom, and this is something that the Serbian people has done. For, uh, for centuries. I mean, this is something that is deeply embedded in our DNA. I think this type of thinking, it's not just, you know, the story of a nation. It's the story of a way of life, a story of some uh, values that I think are, are getting lost in society nowadays. I think that, you know, fighting for freedom or fighting for what you believe in is perceived by many to be naive. Like, don't, you know, don't do those types of things. Just, you know, go with the flow. You know, they, 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 there's a saying, you know, that only dead fish go with the flow. And if you don't have freedom, if you're not fighting the mainstream, if you're not fighting what you believe in, then are you really alive? And, and this is something that, you know, is best seen in the example of the Serbs living west of the Drina River, especially because this group has been demonized to such an extent that is, you know, uh, without precedence. It, it, since the 1990s, Western media outlets have been claiming that the Serbs west of the Drina River, you know, basically, metaphorically speaking, fell from Mars. Like, they, they came from nowhere. Suddenly they, you know, they committed aggression against this land where they've never lived. When the facts very clearly show that not only did they live here for centuries and centuries before the war in the 1990s in Bosnia happened, but they've been constantly fighting to be, you know, as they say, on their on their own. To be their, uh, to be free means to be on one's own in Serbian language. So they've been fighting this fight against the Turkish occupiers, which really makes it interesting because we don't, you know, present the Turkish occupiers in a positive light. Yet the Turks and Dorkmans show the film. Uh, uh, so we talk about this struggle against the Turkish occupiers, against Austria-Hungary, against you know the Nazi and fascist regimes uh, of World War II, and uh, and of course we we talk about the 90, 1990s as well, but it's not the main focus of this film. Uh, the main focus of this film is this historical struggle to show that, you know, you, you can uh, go through basically hell, but in the end, the freedom that you're fighting for is worth fighting for. And we have a saying in Serbia, I'll, I'll try to translate, you know, uh, you, you fight ba based on how holy your goal is. So you fight for something that you believe is right. And, and if we don't, agree or if we don't collectively agree that freedom is something that we shall all yearn for you know then then we have a problem as a society and uh, the film does talk about Republika Srpska as well for those who don't know Republika Srpska is an entity uh, within Bosnia and Herzegovina that was confirmed by the Dayton agreement that ended the war in Bosnia in 1995 it's 49% of Bosnia and Herzegovina and, uh, you know, the, the, the film basically explains how it came to be, that this wasn't, you know, planned. This wasn't always this goal of Serbs uh, to have a Republika Srpska, but they've always wanted to be able to be free and shape their own lives. And they fought for this uh, against all odds, even at times when, for example, in the Vesinje in 1875, when there was this huge uprising at Serbs in this small town that still has a proud history of rebellion. 
they basically rose up against the Turks at a time when they didn't have support from the West, from Russia, from Serbia or Montenegro. So these were Serbs that didn't have support of Serbia, yet they rose up and fought the Turkish occupiers. Unfortunately, their victory against the Turks was, was without reward because they were automatically occupied by Austria-Hungary right afterwards. So what basically happened was you had this group fighting against all odds for freedom, and for centuries they were denied this freedom, yet they never stopped fighting. And this is very important to note and to explain because nowadays, as I said, you have a lot of people just giving up just thinking doesn't matter. It's no, it's not worth it. Let's just you know look at their smartphones and let the state decide on everything for us. And I think it's important to have the self awareness. And the goal of the film is to inform people about the facts, but also to inspire people and show them if if this tiny nation in the Balkans can do it, anybody can. And uh, you know Serbia and Serbs. You know as I said, we have you know dark stains in our past, like every nation. This is something that the film doesn't try to ignore or, or you know, put on a place under the rug. We very openly say that, yes, in the 1990s, crimes were committed by all sides, including Serbs. But, you know, when you look at films that were made by Serbs that have to do with the 1990s, our side is usually the one that says, you know, we all committed crimes, we condemned all of them. But then when you have the other sides and they make a film, they usually ignore the crimes that were committed in their name and only talk about the crimes that were committed by Serbs. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's humane. And we really tried to have a humane approach to this topic. And I think we've succeeded because we've actually had some members of the Bosnian community come to some premieres, like in Vienna, and they saw the film, they raised their hand and said, look, I don't agree with your viewpoint, but I think that the facts presented are, you know, are accurate and there's nothing we could add to that. We could only argue, as I said before, that you should have mentioned this, 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 and that's fine. I mean, it's an hour and a half documentary. You know, you're not going to get all the facts. That's not going to be the end of the story, but it's a really important piece in the puzzle that I think was missing for all these decades that the war in, in, in the former Yugoslavia was discussed. And this film puts everything in perspective. And I think that uh, if if anybody watches the film, they're not only going to be informed and inspired, but I think they're going to be entertained as well. Because, you know, our host, Stefan Popovic, didn't only talk about the, the, the you know, age-long tradition of uh, uh, people from Herzegovina jumping off the bridge, the 25-meter-high bridge in Mostar. He actually jumped off the 25-meter tall bridge in Mostar. So we really went the extra mile to, uh, uh, to to entertain people and present history in a sort of fun way. Even the, you know, uh, um, and, and by the way, that scene in Mustar was the last one we filmed, just in case. Um, so uh, basically, you know, we, we, we did our best to make an entertaining film. And I'm really happy that, you know, audiences in the US and Canada are finally going to get to see it. Right. It, it, is the cancellation due to how you are... Uh presenting the film from the uh from the time of the 90s that's that's the controversial part that's what that's what's getting people to to come out and try to cancel the film is is that uh that section of history that you're covering even though you're covering a, a, a very long history here it's that 1990s that is causing the the controversy and the fact that you're presenting it would you say it's fair to say that you're presenting it from a serbian perspective or is well, that an unfair categorization? 
I, I think I think we're suspecting it, uh, presenting it uh, from from a more objective perspective. And since it's been presented in such an anti-Serbian way right. for the past couple of decades, if you just try to be objective, it automatically gets perceived as being pro-Serbian. So you know. Uh, if if you look at what these groups were writing about the film, for example, the very first statement that was made against this film was by uh, an NGO in Canada called the Institute for the Research of Genocide. And now that sounds really serious, but it's just an NGO that anybody can make. I mean, I can make it an institute for the truth about everything. And then it sounds like really, okay, these guys know what they're talking They're an institute, you know? It's an institute. It's not, you know, an NGO. It's an institute. It probably has like, you know, a billion professors and, and, you know, PhDs. And it's just this guy, Emir Ramic, who's a Bosniak activist, who was actually kicked out of a Bosniak-American organization for falsifying votes to the state president. So it's it's a really, you know, shady character, this Emir Ramic guy. But then he has an institute. And he uh, attacked this film in a statement saying that, uh, uh, actually in the statement, which is really strange, he didn't even say the name of the film. Because uh, Bosniak extremists have an issue with even uttering the words Republika Srpska. They're so annoyed by the fact that Republika Srpska exists that they can't even utter the words. So they they use these words like RS. They're not going to say Republika. They say RS. They say the smaller entity because it's 49%. So it's the smaller entity. So they use these derogatory terms for Republika Srpska. So he couldn't even utter the words of the the name of the film, but he, he just sent a link. So, and this is where, you know, the screenings are announced. It's the website of our, of our film. And he mentioned in this statement that the goal of their campaign is to uh, nullify and extinguish Republika Srpska. So Bosniaks consider, I mean, they're not going to be able to do it just by banning a film, and they haven't been able to do it uh, anyways. But, you know, they want to delegitimize Republika Srpska as an entity uh, that essentially its formation brought peace to Bosnia and Herzegovina. This was confirmed by the Dayton Agreement, signed by, you know, the the biggest Western and Eastern leaders at the time, including the Bosniak leader Alija Izetbegovic. So this is something that is so non-controversial. It's like you know saying that Bavaria being a part of Germany is controversial, and we should you know extinguish Bavaria and it should all be Germany. It's it, it is, uh, you know, so absurd, but this is their agenda. This is what they, they want to do. And anything that presents Serbs in a light that is not negative, a light that is not focused on Srebrenica, on war crimes, on all these, anything that comes out that is supposed to be objective and not anti-Serbian, it doesn't have, necessarily have to be pro-Serbian. It just if it isn't anti-Serbian, it's a problem for them. So, um, uh, you know, if you read the statement, you really see not only, you know, bad grammar, oh my God, but it's, um, it's, it's really a group of people that are fanatics. And fanaticism is an expression of repressed doubt. I think these people essentially doubt their own narrative because they can't back it up with facts. They can't say that, you know, even the UN court never said that there was aggression against Bosnia and Herzegovina. Um, you know, it's absurd to talk about Serbs occupying their own land where they've lived for centuries. I mean, you have so many counter arguments to everything that they're saying that I think the only way they can, you know, have their narrative as the prevailing one is that they ban anyone from ever saying anything that that, that is different. 
And as I said, this is not me making up stuff. This is me presenting facts. On the other hand, we have them making stuff up about the film to make sure that their narrative remains unopposed. And I think the main reason why they're attacking this film is because it's in English. It's very much adapted for Western audiences. I think anybody who you know doesn't have a clue about the Balkans and doesn't know what's going on can watch this film and be properly informed. Maybe not fully informed. It's impossible for centuries and centuries of history to be you know packed up in, in, in an hour and a half documentary. It's impossible. But they will be informed in a way that will maybe broaden their horizons and get them thinking about some things maybe that they didn't think about before. So, you know, I think that's an issue for the Bosniak extremists. And we've had, you know, we've had situations where even the mayor of Sarajevo, the mayor of Sarajevo wrote you know, uh, uh, letters to mayors of other cities asking them not to screen this film, which she hasn't seen. And when I asked her, you know, come watch the film, then she said, oh, Malagurski's provoking me. I mean, provoking somebody for saying you should watch what you're commenting? I mean, it's, it's like common sense is becoming controversial nowadays. Yes, it is. <laughs> but uh, before we get to, uh, I want to ask you about what the, uh what's lying ahead for the film in the United States, because I think that's going to be an interesting uh, leg of the, of the promotion. I, I read, uh, before we get to that part, I read, I believe, uh, I'm trying to remember from which, uh, from which outlet, I, I forgot the outlet. Anyway, I read that um, the Republic of Sverska is, uh, is looking to pass a foreign agents law, very much similar to, uh, to what's going on in Georgia in Tbilisi with the protests, where basically they, they would like to know what foreign influences are uh, are investing in NGOs, in charities, in universities. And, you know, once they understand what money is coming in from the outside, they would, the, the NGO, for example, would have to publish the, 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 the funding sources in their financial statements. This is done by the United States, it's done by many, by many oh. countries. This is the reason for the protests in Georgia. They don't want this. But I think this directly relates to what you're experiencing, and that's what I would like to ask you is, even though these people, these entities haven't seen the film, do you think there's something behind these people, these entities in canceling or trying to cancel the film? There's other forces at work saying, we can't have this narrative out there in English, in a documentary uh, filmed in this type of way that people can relate to. We can't have this getting out there. I mean, do you think there's there's some there's some foreign actors behind, let's say, the local Green Party or the local uh, parties in or the politicians in in Bosnia or anywhere that's that's pushing them to to cancel? Well, you know, I, I can't say what I can't prove, right. but um, if you look at the facts and that. We've had the Green Party in Germany, the Green Party in Austria, attacking this film. Um, I, I doubt that they were doing this just to please some, you know, uh, rich Bosniak local donor or something like that. I think that this is all part of an agenda because many a political career were uh, formed uh, thanks to the wars in the 1990s. And a lot of people, you know, became well known journalists, politicians, uh, based on a narrative that was uh, fabricated 
to a large extent in the 1990s. You know, if we look at U.S. President Joe Biden, um, you know, he's very much against any form of aggression nowadays. But back when he was a senator in the 1990s, he was saying that he was suggesting to bomb Belgrade. He was suggesting to bomb all the bridges on the Drina. And this is, you know, documented by, by video. And he was one of the fiercest uh, advocates for uh, a military intervention in the former Yugoslavia. So, you know, he became much more well-known thanks to his activism and his advocation of military intervention. Um, uh, and, uh, and not only him, but Christiane Amanpour from CNN, she basically created her career on Bosnia and uh, a lot of other journalists uh, that were reporting in a very black and white way because cable news was on the rise in the 1990s and they couldn't present the story in a balanced way because a lot of people would simply become confused with it. You have, they, they, they decided to present stories in a very, you know, black and white matter. We have the hero, we have the victim, you know, let's support the hero and let's only present the story in, in a one-sided way. Whenever there were reports of crimes committed against Serbs, it went against the narrative that was given to them by either their producers or their political figures. You know, we've had Richard Holbrook, who was a U.S. envoy for the region, saying that the Serbs were the only guilty side. The Serbs were the only guilty side. And when you have the, the, the government saying, this is the only narrative we're going to support and, and uh, you know, uh, expect from you guys, the media is going to follow suit. And this is what happened in Yugoslavia. A lot of careers were ruined uh, if they try to present things in a more objective way. And this is, I think, what they're trying to do to me. Um, uh, you know, but but the, the difference between me and, 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 you know, all those other guys is I really don't care what they do to me. I mean, I'm going to present the truth no matter what happens. And, um, you know, I don't think I'm that important in this whole issue. You know, when I was supposed to go to Switzerland to start my Western Europe, Europe tour, you know, I was in a situation where I had you know, a, a three-year-old kid at home, a two-month-old baby at home, and I was getting death threats by the hour. This wasn't daily death threats. It was death threats by the hour. People telling me they're going to do gruesome things to me. You know, uh, uh, there was actually this really, really disturbing incident where I booked a hotel in, in a city in Switzerland, and uh, I was told by the hotel that the police came there to check if I was really... Uh, booked for if I really booked a room at that hotel, I didn't tell anybody where I was going to be staying. So this really started getting I started getting a little paranoid. To be uh, frank, you know, at some point, like how far are they ready to go? And this also, you know, uh, is an argument in favor of of the, of the idea that there were much larger forces uh, against me in this film than just the Bosnia community. It's quite possible. But considering, you know, the logistical support that they've received and then when they couldn't get a venue to cancel a screening that they, uh, uh, you know, all these structures that are way up above them had to act. This goes, you know, beyond some ethnic quarrel. I think uh, a lot of politicians, a lot of media personalities would simply uh, have to face some facts if this film were to prevail and were to be shown everywhere. But I have to say, you know, considering that, you know, we've been able to find alternative venues, we actually, they canceled 20-something screenings 
uh, altogether. We've actually screened the film in 55 cities so far. So, you know, um, in the end, we've screened it in much more cities than they managed to cancel. And actually, in pretty much all the cities where they canceled screenings, uh, we've been able to show that uh, show the film in alternative venues. They actually canceled the screening in Vienna. And then we had five, we, had, we were supposed to have one premiere. We have five premieres when they cancel it. Because, you know, it's the, we have a saying in Serbia, for, forbidden fruit is the sweetest. So when, when you ban something, when you cancel something, you know, we live in a time when people want to see it in even more. So they gave us free advertising. I have a, I have a friend in Vancouver uh, who said that um, uh, uh, the amount of advertising that uh, that they've given us by, you know, promo basically promoting the film, well, in a negative light, but promoting it, you know, any publicity is good publicity, as they say. Um, the, the amount, the value of, of the amount of advertising that we've received goes well beyond a million dollars. We don't have a million dollars to promote this film. So a lot of people actually heard about this film thanks to their... Um, uh, thanks for promoting and attacking the film. And, uh, uh, you know, this is creating problems for us in the short term because we obviously, when, when a venue is canceled, we have to scramble to find a new one. But we always, you know, in 95% of the cases, we find a, a different venue. But in the process, they advertise the film and many more people uh, come to see it. And it's not just Serbs. Uh, of course, Serbs obviously want to see the film because it's about them and it's interesting for them. But it's mostly foreigners, actually. Foreigners from a Serbian perspective. Um, it's mostly people from Switzerland, from Germany. Uh, we've had this really surreal situation where a Serbian uh, center in Berlin um, actually canceled their venue because they were getting threats and they got scared. And then the Germans, a, a German organization, decided to screen the film anyways. So you had Serbs actually in one city being too scared, more scared than Germans to, to screen this film. And we're actually critical towards German policy in the 1990s as well. We don't talk about it too much, but we are critical of it. So yes, you know, maybe maybe to answer your question, after everything that has happened, it it wouldn't be surprising for me that a much you know higher force was behind this whole thing, maybe using and exploiting Bosniak sentiments to ban this film and then have them as, you know, a sort of army to promote their own agenda where they threaten cinemas, threaten them with terrorist attacks and, and the like. None, none, none of them were arrested. None of them were, you know, if I threatened somebody, I'd be immediately, you know, questioned and, and everything. But it doesn't happen to people threatening me. So why is that? That's a good question. You're over the target, but uh, you're you're about to go to uh, to the U.S. and to Canada. Uh, what do you expect to uh, to find in the U.S. and Canada? And what have you learned from uh, from your experience in uh, in Europe that to carry over to the U.S. or Canada if you face the similar difficulties? Well, I've learned that you know if a venue cancel, it's not the end of the world. You know, the first couple of venues that canceled, I was really upset. You know, why why is this happening? There's nothing. They're telling me nothing wrong with the film. So why are you canceling? Like, how much is you know freedom of speech worth to you? So, but but after just a couple of venues in a couple of days, we realized that it's not a big deal. We're just going to find a different venue that has you know. In some cities, we we uh, had to change three venues in, in Zurich, for example. 
third times was third time was the charm, um, and we found a venue that was you know not scared to screen the film. And uh, you know we we've, we've had great experiences with uh, the Serbian diaspora, with German diaspora, Turkish diaspora. Um, uh, well, Germans not the diaspora. Germans living in Germany, they're not diaspora there. Um, and uh, even the, the Dutch owner of a cinema in Rotterdam, uh, you know, he wanted to screen the film before it was shown. He saw the film, saw nothing wrong with it, screened the film there. So we had a, you know, wonderful cinema that I have to mention because the team there was absolutely, absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, now now I'm coming to the U.S. I'm actually traveling um, on Thursday and. Um, I'm going to be screening the film. The U.S. premiere is going to be in Patterson, New Jersey, on March 17th. It's a it's a sort of symbolic date that we picked for the U.S. Uh, premiere and the start of the tour because on March 17th, 2004, was the pogrom against Serbs in in our southern province of Kosovo. And this is something that I feel very passionately about. Uh, uh, the topic of Kosovo was discussed in many of my films, so. You know, I thought that you know this would be a very symbolic date to to start the the tour, and afterwards I'm going to be going. I'm going to list the cities just in case anybody watching is in those cities and maybe he's, oh, the film's going to be shown in my city. So it, it, after uh, Patterson, New Jersey, I'm going to go to Jacksonville, Florida. That's going to be on March 18th. Uh, on March 19th, I'm going to be Northport, Florida. Uh, on March 20th, Orlando, Florida. On March 21st, it's going to be Miami, Florida. Uh, then I'm going to be flying out to San Diego. So San Diego is going to be on March 23rd. Vancouver, Canada, which is where I lived for uh, for about six years, uh, that's going to be uh, on March 25th. I'm very excited about that because I'm going to get to see a lot of friends. Uh, and um, March 26th is going to be Ottawa uh, in Canada, the, the capital. March 28th. Seventh is going to be Winnipeg. It's, I'm not going to be in Winnipeg. That's the only city where I'm not going to be present. I'm going to be present in all the other cities for the premiere and the discussion afterwards. Uh, March 28th is going to be Niagara Falls. Uh, March 29th is going to be London, Ontario. March 30th is going to be Kitchener, Waterloo. Um, March 31st, Toronto. Huge premiere there. Uh, Hamilton is going to be on April 1st, Chicago on April 2nd, Atlanta, Georgia on April 3rd, uh, Washington, D.C. on April 4th, and we're going to be finishing the U.S. tour on April 5th with the premiere in New York City, New York. And uh, do you expect the, the same type of controversy in the United States? You found well, I, it would be a push of me. <laughs> expected after everything that, that has happened you know uh, i'm just um, you know hopeful that the people are going to enjoy the film and uh, you know I, I listed all the cities if people want to find out more where exactly it's going to be held I'll, I'll put a link down below yeah put it's, a link it's down below com slash serbska so it's it's very straightforward and uh you know i <laughs> uh, at this point you know nothing can really surprise me i don't know uh, Maybe there's going to be protests. Maybe there's going to be attempts to cancel some screenings. It's it's all good. I don't mind because in the end, I've realized it's really good advertising. And, um, you know, uh, this film is, um, uh, as I said, I think it uh, when certain time passes and when, you know, it becomes more obvious what has happened regarding this film and, and as more people actually see the film and, and, and realize that there's nothing what they're claiming at the about the film in it, 
I think that there's going to be a moment when um, uh, it, it, it'll completely delegitimize all the groups that were attacking this film. And uh, I think that their attempts in the future to do the same are not going to be as successful as they are. Cinemas in general are frightened to screen anything that has any sort of controversy. And this is something that we've seen in 2014, I believe, when the, the interview came out, this co comedic U.S. film uh, that made fun of Kim Jong-un. And when North Korea, you know, threatened uh, various cinemas in the U.S., the largest cinema chains in uh, in the U.S. Uh, withdrew their screenings of the film. So even though this was a film that is completely in line, completely in line with U.S. policy, uh, uh, you know, uh, the cinemas decided not to screen it because they were frightened for their audiences. So and I think a lot of people were afraid to watch it as well. So. What's important to note is that all the screens that we've held, there hasn't been any sort of attack, physical attack. There hasn't been any sort of confrontation. Uh, the worst thing that happened was in Vienna, where a group of hooligans went into the bathroom. They were too scared to go anywhere. They went to the bathroom, and, and they made some graffiti on the walls in one of the stalls and said, you know, this venue will burn or something like that. The venue didn't burn. You know, they just... You know, they were just scared. And when you're scared, you know, you go to the toilet. So um, so basically, you know, this was the only issue that, that we've had. And this is important for me to note to audiences because they can come out and watch the film. These guys, their goal is to try to ban the screening. Once the screening gets underway, you know, they failed. And there's no point in um, maybe there's going to be protests. I've had protests before. Uh, the Albanians were protesting in New York against the, the weight of chains three uh, in front of the SVA theater in, in New York. And uh, it was actually quite a fun experience. And I remember the NYPD uh, protecting the audiences when, when an Albanian man wrapped up in an Albanian flag attacked the audiences and the uh, NYPD basically grabbed the guy, you know, shoved him down to the floor and arrested him. And I think this is the first time in, in history that the American police was arresting Albanians to, to protect the Serbs. Usually it's the other way around. So, uh, you know, I, I think that we have to remain dignified in this whole thing and we have to keep going. I mean, it, the easiest thing I could have done was to say, you know what, let's just put it on YouTube and, and, and let people watch. But it's, it's, as I said, far beyond myself, our film team, and this film. It's a matter of principle now. It is a matter of, you know, are we going to let these groups behave in such a way that they can cancel whatever they think they, what, something that they don't even know anything about? Uh, or are we going to fight for uh, just a society where we discuss the issues? And I think this goes beyond cancel culture because cancel culture is you said or did something that, you know, is unacceptable to a group of people or in a society and then they attack you for that. This is, these are attacks uh, from people who haven't seen, they, they, they don't even know what I said or did. And uh, obviously that, you know, shows that there's a deeper agenda, uh, whether it's, you know, finance from Sarajevo for uh, Bosnian politicians, or it's more than that. And it includes, you know, higher echelons of power in Germany, Austria, or even the United States. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, uh, the way this tour in the U.S. and Canada is going to go is going to maybe answer that question as well. Yeah, we're we're almost at uh, 
almost three decades removed from a lot of what happened in uh, in Yugoslavia. I guess there's a whole new generation of uh, of, of people who who really didn't experience what uh, what happened and and they were unaware of a lot of the the narratives that were being uh, woven at that time that were coming out at that time. Um, how do you think they're going to receive the the film, the younger generation? Well, we've had a lot of um, young Swedes, Germans, uh, Austrians come to the film. Um, their reactions were really positive. We've actually had some people who came out, a lot of people who came out to attack the film. And then they've seen the film and they were like, <laughs> well, we can't really say anything because uh, there's nothing wrong with the film. It's, it's all supported. I mean, w- when you're met with facts, like you, you can react in you know different ways, but you know, people who are generally reasonable are going to say, well, okay, we accept the facts. And, uh, you know, as I said, you can attack the film for not maybe mentioning something else. And there's always, you know, always something that can be a documentary film is never finished. It's never finished. But that is why we have these discussions. That's why I really emphasize the importance of me going to every premiere and answering every question. And I always discuss it with my audiences. And when the audiences say, well, you should have mentioned this. And they say, well, what? And they say it and say, well, now that you've said it, this audience knows that as well. And it sort of builds on the film itself. It's not you know, full stop on the issues. It's, it's a huge comma. Uh, so I think that they're going to uh, um, react positively. I hope so. Maybe you know we didn't uh, technically do it as well as we could have, but I think that we had some amazing, you know, shots, especially the drone footage is amazing. I'm really happy with how it turned out, but um, I think they're going to be happy to, you know, be better informed that they were. And I think that, you know, once people realize that they've been lied to, once people realize that they've been misled and, and, you know, um, manipulated to achieve a certain political goal, they they can get angry as well. And we've had people come up, uh, after the screenings, they say, look, you know, I really thought that, you know, you guys were the only bad guys. And, and I, you know, had a really uh, horrible opinion of Serbs. Now that they've seen this film, it sort of puts things in a different perspective. So um, people become aware of the propaganda after w- watching this film. And this is something that's really important because we are surrounded by propaganda nowadays as well. And if we uh, dissect what happened uh, in the past, we can, you know, prepare ourselves better for the future. And um, in that uh, sense, I think this film is going to open a lot of eyes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the weight of change, uh, final question, the weight of change was, was very much a series because big topics and you, I would guess that you needed a lot of, a lot of time to flush out everything with, uh, with regards to the weight of change. Are you going to, to take a similar approach with with this film because this is also a very big topic, and you mentioned that there's a lot of there's a lot of material that uh, that you probably cannot include in the film because of various time constraints. You have an hour and a half or two hours, and, and there's only so much information you can put into an hour and a half or a two hour film. Uh, what are your plans going forward? Is this going to be standalone? Are you thinking of of broadening it out, or or how do you see this going forward? Uh, Big actually, topics like this. 
Yeah, your question actually reminds me of, of a really funny situation we had in, in the city of Trebinje in, um, in Herzegovina, where we screened the film. And one of the one audience member raised his hand and said, you know, you should have uh, you should have um, um, filtered it out better. There were too many bits of information in the film. And then the next question, uh, the next audience, audience member raises his hand and says, uh, there, there wasn't enough bits of information in this film. You should have had more information. So it's, you know, it's always going to be, you know, <laughs> people who, who would have done it different, especially people who live there and they have their own ideas about what happened and, and uh, their own priorities. So when it comes to Serbs uh, 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 watching this film, I always expect there to be a comment. Oh, you should have mentioned this. You should have mentioned that. And that's fine. I accept it. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's impossible to, to tell everything. We actually, our first version of the script, I've read it from start to finish and I timed it. It was four hours. I was like, well, no, the, nobody's going to sit in a cinema for four hours. So we started getting rid of stuff. And then I, you know, people raised their hand and say, well, you should mention that. That was actually in the first version. But as I said, we had to condense it. Um, this film is actually much more similar to the style filming for Montenegro, Land Divided, and Kosovo, A Moment in Civilization. Both those films, by the way, are on YouTube. So people want to, you know, get a sneak peek of... Uh, the style of this film is going to be and uh, they can watch those two films. So Kosovo, A Moment in Civilization and Montenegro, A Land Divided. Um, uh, I, I can't really say what I'm going to do in future. There's a really good reason for that because, you know, we've had really good experiences with filming uh, Serbska, The Struggle for Freedom and the previous film, of course, Montenegro, Land Divided. I'll never forget <laughs> the first day of filming of Montenegro, Land Divided. This was such an amazing experience we just started filming and our entire film team was arrested. We were taken to the police in Podgorica in the capital. I was interrogated for five hours, but they let me go. So what I'm trying to say is I, I can't really say what I'm going to do next and fear being, you know, arrested uh, as a prevention, <laughs> you know, against me going after different topics because the moment I uh, announced that I'm going to be dealing with a certain topic, I mean, you could see the walls being erected. And, uh, and there's a lot of people who simply profit from lies, deceits, manipulations, and they don't want the truth to be told. And I really have, you know, uh, no interest in, in, um, in trying to, uh, uh, to promote this other than just being free. And I think that we've all, we all live lives that have, you know, uh, um, a date of expiration. And at some point, you know, we're all going to be gone, all of us. And, the only thing that's going to matter is how we use this time. Did we use our time to lie, to spew hatred, to uh, try to ban different opinions and, uh, you know, attack people who think differently? Or are we going to try to listen? Are we going to try to fight for what we believe in and promote the truth? And, you know, I always like to be closer to the truth. I always like criticism that bring me closer to the truth. But this is something that, that is, has nothing to do with that. This is not criticism. This is an agenda. And, uh, and this film, and, and, and the, the way that they reacted to this film shows to me two things. First thing, uh, it shows just how much this film was needed. Uh, because if there's so much, you know, uh, so much dust raised, as we say in Serbian, about a, a something... Uh, it, then it shows of, of the quality of what the dust is being raised concerning. But, um, uh, and the second thing that it shows is that movies, especially documentaries, have enormous influence. If 
this film was unable to change anybody's mind, uh, they would just let it be screened and they would say, well, it's not going to change anything. But in fact, films um, made in a way that are that is professional, that is you know fact-based, that is technically very well done, um, uh, that is um, shaped in a way that Western audience can understand it, they have enormous power. Enormous power. And as I said, I don't expect this film to change everything, but I think it's going to bring about much more awareness that we've had so far. And, you know, films can change stuff too. In Kosovo, Moment in Civilization that I mentioned, you know, the goal of that film is to show just how much uh, uh, the monasteries and churches in Kosovo have been demolished and wrecked throughout history and that Kosovo, the self-proclaimed Republic of Kosovo, shouldn't be allowed to join UNESCO. And according to uh, the Congressional Research Service in the U.S., that film is mentioned as one of the topics that had an influence on Kosovo not applying for a UNESCO membership in 2017. So that was our goal. We made, you know, a, a modest contribution towards that goal. So I'm very happy that, that you know, and, and to show just how much the institutions in, 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 in the self-proclaimed Republic of Kosovo were upset about this film is they actually banned me from entering Kosovo. And they declared me as a threat to national interests and international relations of the Republic of Kosovo. So if, if you know, you have institutions that are frightened by a documentary filmmaker, that just shows what, you know, clownish institutions they are. Yeah. Let me ask you one final question before I let you go, Boris. One final question. You've done, you've documented so much history of uh, of not only Serbia, of of the Balkans and of Europe and of the United States involvement in the area and NATO's involvement in the area. Uh, Serbia, once again, is is in the news almost on a daily basis with everything that's going on in uh, in the conflict in Ukraine, as well as everything going on in Europe, EU uh, membership, NATO, Kosovo, there are negotiations going on. Given everything that you know and everything that you've documented, how do you see things for uh, for Serbia and the Balkans right now? I mean, is there anything that you would like to tell, say, people who are watching this video and the fact that you've, I mean, you have literally documented all of these things and you put it on film. So I think you have an interesting perspective of of the history in the past. And here we are again in 2023. And there's a lot of news about Serbia, Serbia's place in Europe, Serbia's um, position vis-a-vis the European Union, NATO, Kosovo, Kosovo-Bedokia, everything that's going on there. What's how do you how, how would you put things in perspective? Thank you so much for saying Kosovo-Bedokia. I don't uh, always say Kosovo-Bedokia when when speaking in English because I I'm always afraid that people yeah. are going to understand. But Metokia is this holy land that is actually a part of what we consider Kosovo. It's just one part is Kosovo, another part is Metokia. Um, and it talks about, you know, the fact that this is all church land and uh, owned by the Serbian Orthodox Church. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> Serbs have gone through pretty uh, tragic times in the past. And uh, uh, the thing that I would, you know, uh, the thing that I can gather from everything that I've learned about our history is that whenever times are the darkest, 
that is when we shine the brightest. And we've had situations throughout history when we were completely occupied. In World War II, we lost our state. We lost much of our army. We lost a third, a third of our population. A th- every second male, every second male Serb died in that war. And it seemed that, you know, uh, um, that, that, that this was irreversible. Yet here we are. You know, after everything that's happened, we were among the first to say no to Nazi Germany. The first um, rebel movement against the fascist occupation started in Europe, started in Serbia and in the region. Um, Serbs were the ones who rebelled the first. Um, so if you if you look at our history, you know, uh, and not to mention, you know, in 1999, we were bombed by NATO um, and, uh, and and the bombing ended with UN Security Council Resolution 1244 that states that Kosovo is Serbia. Um, so, you know, we, we, we said no to the largest military empire on the planet so many times, and yet here we are. So, if, as I said, if we can do it, anybody can. And I think that's why there's so much pressure being put on Serbia, because Kosovo is a very inconvenient story in light of current... Uh, uh, um, geopolitical affairs that are happening because here you had NATO militarily intervening without a UN mandate. It was an illegal aggression against the sovereign country to take away a part of territory in violation of Serbia's sovereignty and territorial integrity. Uh, so, you know, we hear a lot about how horrible that is nowadays, but concerning a different country, not NATO countries. And we hear about that all the time. You know, you can guess which country I'm talking about. Um, so what they're trying to do is to get Serbia to accept that the bombing was just, that it's good that they that we were bombed and killed. That's a great thing that happened to us. And we should recognize the independence of Kosovo. First of all, Kosovo is not independent. It's the most dependent territory on the planet. They are completely dependent on U.S. and EU support. Um, it, it is it is uh, so absurd that they keep telling us that Kosovo is lost, yet they keep forcing us to sign uh, and accept that it's lost. If it's if, if Kosovo is not ours, why do they keep asking it from us? You know, it's uh, it's simply um, uh, absurd. If if you if you just use your common sense, you realize that Kosovo. Legally speaking, according to UN Security Council Resolution 1244, which is still in effect today, is a part of Serbia. And these pressures that are being put on Serbia is an attempt to sort of mask what they did in the 1990s and say that, oh, but that was different because we were doing it back in the 1990s. So that was different. You know, that's completely. And look, Serbia says it's okay. So, you know, what's the problem? And that's why I think these pressures are being put on Serbia. But as I said, uh, in in the darkest times, when when all hope seems lost, we find a way to prevail and we find a way to to keep existing. So I think that is why, even with this film tour, they didn't manage to cancel it. They didn't manage to cancel the film. And uh, you know, uh, this is something where a lot of this is something that people uh, maybe don't understand, but we really are fighting for our existence because we've been denied this so many times. We've been the victims of genocide throughout history. 
uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of Serbs were killed in World War II in, in, in the Yasenovac and other concentration camps and in the independent state of Croatia. So, you know, we've, we've, we've had our own Holocaust. Not a lot of people know about this, but this, this Holocaust was in, in the Balkans against the Serbs. And we've, you know, we've endured. We live to this day and we're not going to let any politician or any foreign power uh, deny us the right to exist. We are fighting for our right to exist, and we will win as we always did throughout history. All right. We will end it on that note. Boris Malagurski, the film Esperska, the struggle for freedom. I will have all the information about the film, including the tour dates in the United States and in Canada, in the description box down below, as well as as a pinned comment. Boris, thank you very, very much. That was a great uh, video. Take care.